Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Hey everybody, welcome to Mental Health Today, uh, where we talk about you know all things mental health, and we're reaching out to uh, providers, uh, to people, policymakers, people on the funding side. Uh, sometimes we get some patient stories. Definitely a lot of therapists. Uh, also a lot of stuff, new stuff in the space, and things uh, probably things you're not aware of uh, is hopefully what we're uncovering by kind of just putting out a broad net, trying to create this beehive of what's out there. And what new and interesting things are, you know, being put out there to help kind of solve this mental health crisis and, and add to some of the ideas of, of ways we as humans can kind of figure out what's going on between our ears. And that, that leads us to our next guest, who's definitely qualifies as somewhere in one of those statements, really not, or maybe not in any of them, except the part new and ex maybe not new and experimental. We're going to find out. And Nick will, Nick is going to tell us. Nick, thanks a, a lot for being a guest and, and kind of contributing to the little beehive we're building. Um, a cool, cool off chat, uh, off screen chat, off mic's chat. Um, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing. Yeah, it's great to be here, Ken. So uh, my name's Nick, and I'm the founder and CEO of Music Health. And I started my career many, many moons ago as a professional DJ. I'm originally from Amsterdam. That's where I was born. And I was raised in Ibiza, a little small island in the Mediterranean mm -hmm. of Spain. Uh, very well known for its nightlife around the world. Okay. Uh, I, I became a DJ at a very young age and was very fortunate to be able to travel the world as a DJ. And the biggest takeaway there was the, the impact that music had on all people regardless of race, gender, or religion. Mm -hmm. and that's something that stuck with me my whole life and that actually influenced uh, my career heavily. So while I was DJing, I discovered musicology. And being that I was a DJ, I was particularly interested in understanding music taste because at its core, that's what a DJ has to do really well, understand people's music taste. But I was also really fascinated by sound and the impact that it has on the body and the brain. So mm -hmm. I always like to joke that I'm a hobbyist neuroscientist. I'm not from yes, academia yes. or research, but I've read as much as I can because uh, it just fascinates me. But it also made a lot of sense to me with what I did study in musicology and what I got to see firsthand. And all those experiences and with my learnings led me down a path of where I am today, which is music health. And that originally started as a way to uh, look at helping my own family. And then it very quickly mm. evolved to, this is something I can do to help many families around the world and many individuals. And so music health started uh, a month before the global COVID lockdowns. Oh, okay. Well, I want to come back to that for, for a second. What is musicology? So the, the, the boring explanation is it's the 
the study of music as an academic subject. Now, that's okay. a very broad okay. statement. Yes. But basically, understanding how we listen to music, why we listen to music, and how music is created. And so you can talk about the history of music, the evolution, instruments. Uh, it's very, very broad. Uh, but in my case, what I was really interested in is uh, the music taste, the technology side of things. How do mm -hmm. we use technology to enhance the value of music? And then sound in general, because the way sound works in our brain is just really, really cool. What... Um... Was it good for you or bad for you, the COVID timing, launching the, for your business? I think launching a business at any time is challenging. So I wouldn't yeah. necessarily say it's it's harder. It's different because there's different, new okay. challenges. And, you know, for us, uh, late 2019, I had put together a little prototype that ended up winning an award in Australia. And off the back of that, we got funding from the government to do research. Oh. And we got that funding for the research during the lockdown. Okay. Which is a very challenging time to do. Yeah. Research. So it's, it's, they still actually got an award out. They got the voting, they did their work. Yeah. Cool. But you know, that comes with challenges, but on the other hand, it also meant uh, you're home, you're focused and yes. you're getting a lot of stuff done. So. Yeah. Um, so tell us, it, it's kind of interesting. So you've got, you know, you were, you were DJing to these crowds of, you know, 20,000 sweating, swinging fans, you know, all zoning out in the vibe. And the study of how that affects the body, all that curiosity. And now you're treat, you're, it seemed, I just looked a little bit at your stuff. It seems that it's working now with Alzheimer's patients. Is that the study or is that the actual, uh, application right now is that the first focus tell us a little bit more about the application of it now now that you've got the science yeah so that was the first focus um because again through personal experience you know my, my grandmother passed away from alzheimer's many many years ago before okay. we really understood what alzheimer's or dementia was we just thought it was a normal part of aging yeah and uh i remember vividly you know one of the things that really helped to get her back into the moment was music and i was very young when all this happened but it, it always it left a lasting impression on me and so when i started studying this i was like ah, coming, bulb moment, ah coming, what's going coming on back here. to the connection yeah yeah and uh so we we started with that because my co-founder and i we've got personal experience with alzheimer's uh we know the toll it takes on families, it's really challenging. It's yeah, a devastating disease. And so we wanted to provide a solution. And the way we looked at it was not necessarily the traditional sense of looking at this. We dissected what are the most challenging moments, uh, interactions between the caregiver and the person in their care. And we realized that it was actually the activities of daily living. So yeah, yeah. when you're helping somebody get into a yeah. shower or, Yep. eating or getting dressed. Those are the interactions of highest stress. And for obvious reasons, it's very confronting, right? Yeah, it's very, <laughs> those are so, all not fun. Yeah, exactly. So the idea was, well, what if in those moments, music could be used to de-escalate and de-stress yeah. the yeah, situation it, it, and make it more pleasant? It's like de-escalation, de-esca isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that was the premise. That's what we started with. 
but that's not where we're ending. And so music health, our goal is really to be the, the backbone, the technology layer for what we like to call precision music for okay. the healthcare and wellness industries. And that means we build the technology, we've done the research, we know how to make things work okay. so it's scalable. And now we're partnering with other companies to ensure that they can provide a better experience to their customers uh, on their journey to personal kind of health. By adding your piece as like a bolt-on part to the whole exactly. program. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, yeah, I could see it like, an, you know, just one thought is like, so, for example, you'd have an EAP program at work and maybe the bolt-on is the eye health uh, that you can get and you can share it with your parents, right? If your mom and dad are elderly, you've got this little extra little gift for, for elderly parents, for example. Yeah. And then whatever whatever your next product, kind of call it a product, but the next target group and, and therapy you can, you're going to work. What's the next one? What's What are you experimenting with? Babies or um, trying to think of who else we got? Stressed out executives. Uh, can you can you get like a pre-meeting, Monday morning meeting, uh, one to put in the room for, you know, mon like the, the corporate office, the Monday meeting with the management team? You need uh, that you know, three minute. Because I do that myself. So it's oh, okay. yeah. something you could do. Right. Uh, we, we really look at brain health um, in the broad sense. And with brain health, you have on the one side, mental health. Yes. And on the other side, neurological disorders or diseases. Okay. We look at all of that and music has an application for all of this because of the way sound goes through our brain. Okay, so, explain. Yeah, explain how that works. Because I'm not familiar yeah. with that. Well, this is where we can really nerd out, but I'll keep it short to, okay. to start with. But um, so just at a very top level, our brain needs stimulation to function properly, right? We know okay. this. It needs to be uh, tested and exercised, if you will. And we get this from a lot of things. It could be movement, taste, touch, smell, all these kinds of things. Uh, but above all, sound. And actually about 80% of our stimulation comes from sound. And it's logical if you think about it because our hearing is always on. That's not something we can switch off. So we're constantly <laughs> yeah. processing sound around us, right? Yeah, you are actually. And so when, we, when our ears pick up these uh, sound waves, they convert them into electric signals that are then processed by the brain. And different okay. types of sound are processed by different areas of the brain, but all sound passes through our limbic system. And our limbic uh, system is responsible for yes. processing our emotion yes. and our memory. So that's all to do with fight or flight. So, you know, we can get very granular there, oh. but just keeping it at a high level, that's what happens. Now, what's really interesting with music is it's the only sound and in fact, it's the only stimulus that researchers have found that activates all the different areas of our brain at the same time. So it's an actual brain workout. Fascinating. And that's just listening to it. That's just listening. And then the way I talk about this is uh, if we compare this to physical exercise, right? Okay. Physical activity, because we all understand that much better. There's varying degrees of music listening. And on the one end, you have sort of the relaxing music. On the other end, you have complex music. 
And that's also akin to playing a musical instrument. So playing a musical instrument is really challenging for the brain, but it's really good for the brain because it's creating neuroplasticity. You're rewiring the brain because you're learning new things. There's so many different things happening at the same time. It's, you know, I like yes. to joke and say it's compared to CrossFit. If we, if we think about physical activity, right. But that's oh, yeah, kind it is, of yeah. the, the, the impact it has on the brain. So understanding that we can understand what type of music listening or playing a musical instrument when that works and why that works it's fast um so personal experience real life experience uh at about 52 uh to almost 10 years ago i picked up guitar and um and i tell you you know just playing it and picking stuff i didn't notice anything uh, but when the first time I, I, f I felt something different was when um, my teacher started going with strumming in the left hand, right hand at different beats and different movement, like this whole discombobulation. My brain was totally like hitting dead ends, right? They were ramming into like dead, like these roads just didn't have roads anymore. And, and then, and then they did. And I, and I could strum, it was weird, but it really, when I started singing and strumming, I, I felt like my whole brain just again had this like a bunch of frazzled ends that didn't connect. Like it was just the weirdest. And I physically felt my, the neurons trying to connect and ultimately connecting. I mean, it's the most bananas thing that I've ever gone. I've ever like a human. I felt my brain growing, connecting. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> it, it was, it was freaky because I get, you know, there was parts where it was like, it wasn't me. Uh, it wasn't actually my ability to play. I didn't have the wiring. And the brain was like, oh, okay, we'll sort that out. Yeah. And look, fascinating. It's, it's you know, playing a musical instrument or listening to complex music, both things, or they're complex. challenging. Okay. They're challenging at the start, right? Because we're not used to it and it's kind of uncomfortable and it's frustrating. Yes, yes. But then with practice and endurance, you get better and then things become automated because yes. certain parts of the brain don't have to focus on specific things anymore. And you're just entrainment is, you know, the brain is incredibly powerful. We're not using it to its full capability. But those are moments where you then can see that you're, you know, singing, playing an instrument. You might be looking observing other people while it's happening you're playing it with other people in the band perhaps yes that's a lot of information to process that's a lot going on yeah yeah but you know it keeps the brain very active yeah and that's fascinating uh, the some of the facts you were talking about about the only stimulus that hits all four parts of the brain um that's a lot to that's a lot to absorb and it's is it sound, I guess? And I just wonder why, why is that? If you think, you know, there really wasn't music around when we're made and we have sounds in nature, but what would be the purpose? You, you know what I mean? What's the purpose? And, and it's kind of interesting. Um, if yeah, I mean, this it. is where you go down um, the rabbit hole very quickly, right? And again, I'm, I'm not a neuroscientist. Um, my, my thing is musicology. Yes. But with everything that I've read and, and I'm the type of guy, I'll, I'll read a book and then I'll reach out to the author and ask some questions. I've never even met that guy. You're that guy. <laughs> I'm that person. 
so particularly early on in my career, I would, you know, I would contact a lot of people and ask them questions, but a lot of it made sense. And so if we think about the evolution of the brain and, you know, our fight or flight responses, sound was always around us. Yes. Yeah, it was key. And yeah. we started communicating with sound, not with speech. Like it wasn't from one day oh, to the next yeah. to go, right. hey, Ken, how are you doing? It was sounds that yes. communicated different things. And, you know, if we go way back when, sound was used to warn for danger. Yep. Sound was yep. used to warn for, uh, you know, the king or the queen arriving. Sound yes. was used for, like, there's a whole bunch of different things that we used celebration. Sound was used for celebration and and singing but before there was actual singing words there was singing of sounds and it's something that has been with us for as long as we can remember and so our brain has become very good at deciphering sound as a survival mechanism oh is yes, that a line yeah. or is that my cousin doing a funny sound in the living room <laughs> you know that's kind of what the brain is constantly doing yeah, absolutely and it's, it's really interesting because, you know, the brain, there's one thing that um, a neuroscientist told me many years ago, and it always stuck with me, but um, he explained that the brain doesn't really know the difference between the truth or a lie. If whatever you tell yourself, the brain is going to believe because that's, that's kind of what you're saying, right? So that's when people talk about visualization, which in, can sound a little bit hippie-ish, but if you're actually just thinking, uh, you know, I'm going to succeed, I'm going to succeed, I'm good at what I do, I'm positive, I'm happy, that's way better for the brain than saying, I'm, <laughs> yeah. useless, I'm not going to do well, I'm going to fail, I'm going to be fired. And so it's just really interesting how how the brain works and how we can work with the brain, if you will. I I, I agree. I had a, just a conversation yesterday. Um, is it? Uh, Neville Goddard. Um, there's a writer, one of these early talk a lot about the visualization kind of stuff and the, and the positive attitude and how to think. And, and, you know, I, and actually it's funny, this came up twice yesterday and I was sharing my own horizon. I have a kind of, a, instead of, you know, vi visionary or, or imaginary, um, I have kind of horizon thinking, which is using what you can see in a business and, you know, how far can you see? You can see pretty clearly 100 yards for your business, right? You know your daily numbers. You know everything. You can see pretty good a month out, a quarter out, gets a little blurry, a year out, you know, a little fuzzy at the edges. And, you know, but two years out, a little harder. Five years, yeah, yeah, not so clear. So that's the idea of transporting yourself past all that, past where you can even see, you know, the cred like where the earth kind of falls over and you get over on it. And then you transport yourself there and what does that look like um that's a fun exercise and the brain is absolutely can build that like a 3d world yeah and then sometimes it comes true it's weird or is it I, or is it yeah yeah or is it it's a it's a good question actually you just make it up and then the and the world delivers or the programmer or the you know maybe we're in just the big matrix right and it's uh you order it up and that's how it works. I think we can do incredible things. It's just always knowing who's who's leading the charge, who is the person motivated to see that happen. You know, mm. uh, if we look at some of the crazy things we've done as 
humans, some of them are incredible. Some of them are also terrible. Uh, we have the capacity to do amazing things, but yes. what is the incentive uh, that we have for doing it? And if the incentive is right, we can do really positive things. That's how I think about the world. And unfortunately, sometimes the incentives are misaligned with the bettering of the world. Yeah, I, I do. I, I like the way you break that down. It's quite simple, right? It is all down to the incentives. It's a nice way of looking at it, too. It's a very polite way of looking at it. If they're behaving badly, the incentive is wrong. I, you know, and, and come to think of it, I used to, you know, my, my previous life, I was an insurance guy and ran large distribution forces that involved a lot of incentives. Compensation was a key driver of behavior. And, uh, you know, you, what you paid for is what you got. And we used to kind of laugh. You know, we'd get these contests. We'd be like, why is this happening? And you look at it, well, because that's that's what we asked for. We, yeah. When you look back at it, you're like, oh, I see why everybody did that. That's yeah. clearly what I would have done had I read this that way. And the incentive yeah. to them was, the trick is, too, the incentive is different from different people's shoes. So, where do you see what? Do you, what's the cool one? I, I kind of asked you that. The one you're working on. What's next? Um, um, where do you see this going? I mean, you are you a lone ranger in this? Is there is this becoming? Is there getting some momentum behind this? Where is this as a as a solution in the in the whole portfolio? Yeah, so it's it's really evolved a lot in the last three years. Okay. Uh, there, there's been stuff around uh, for many, many years, right? Research on this topic has been around for uh, 50 plus years. Music therapy as a career started out of World War I, where doctors observed that the soldiers recovered faster when they had musicians in the wards. And that Shocking. turned into a music therapy career, right? And uh, you have neurological music therapy that's looking exactly at, at some of these things. But in terms of the technology and the application of music um, as a therapy or like we like to call it precision music, that's still relatively new in, in terms of how technology is used to make it really scalable, affordable and personalized. And, and, consi and, like, and consistent and measurable, right? Yeah, yeah. So you get feedback and you can improve it. Okay, I got exactly. you. Exactly. And so if we look at the space that way, then there are not that many companies doing things in this yes. space yet. I, I imagine that there's going to be many, many more. There's There are a lot of companies doing things, but still not necessarily in a super scalable way, but they're really okay. cool what they do. Uh, but our focus was really, if we look at healthcare in general, the cost of healthcare is going up year on year it's increasing we've already hit the tipping point i think probably a couple of years ago but yeah. we power through the cost of healthcare is not sustainable and the only way we can detach ourselves from that is by empowering individuals to be better informed about their personal health and have the tools to uh, take better care of themselves it's it's having the tools right the the assets and if we look at it that way, what we look at sort of the five-year view, to your point before, it's a little bit blurry. But what we do see is 
in a world where people have the right tools to take better care of themselves, the cost of healthcare will go down yes. significantly. Yep. And people in general will be much healthier because they know what to do and when to do it. Right now, we are all guilty of this where we don't do anything until it's too late. So we're, we're treating the symptoms, not necessarily the root cause. Yeah. Whereas if we understand what the root cause is, and this is where brain health is really fascinating, then there's lots of little steps we can take to improve that, improve our mental health, improve or, you know, um, make it less likely for us to end up with a neurological disorder. Sometimes we, it's not up to us, but there's a lot of lifestyle choices we can make that can minimize the risk for certain things. So that's kind of how we see the world where we as a, a technology, as a platform, music health, we are providing that layer so that in the future, all people have access to the right tools to improve their personal health with precision music. It's very interesting. Uh, it's a great explanation. Um, yeah, I've just got this 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 idea of how that's how your product gets added and where it gets added. At, you know, the product is what do you guys call it? What do you just a platform? A platform. Okay, you're calling it a platform. Um, yeah, and then you're going to build off you build off the platform and you'll have different layers. Okay. Um, yeah, I just imagine there's so many ways to to distribute this, to get it into people's hands. Um, but it's, you know, you must be right on the edge of that, right? All that thinking and all the brainstorming of how we're going to get it to the market and how to put it, like you said, how to start helping people so people can use it. Um, very interesting. What, what are you thinking about distribution? What's, where are you at on that? What's the, you know, do you have any, anything you can share? Yeah, I can share some of it. Not all of it, but I can share yeah, some. Of yeah, yeah, because so, I'm, I'm sure there's some there's some good stuff you're working on you can't talk about. But yeah, yeah, talk about the distribution strategy, maybe. Yeah, so we started with our own app, which is called Vera, right? Okay. And Vera is the the app for dementia caregivers, and okay. the distribution there was very simple. We we decided to partner with care providers because those caregivers caring for many at a time. And we thought that would have the most impact initially to start off with. So great, that's great. being distributed in uh, care homes. Uh, we're working together with some of the leading care providers in Australia, and we're about to launch in the US. And that was an education piece as much for us as a business as it was for the caregivers. It was a really interesting interaction because you know, caregivers are extremely time poor and overworked at the best yeah. of times. It's yeah. a really challenging job. I have the utmost respect for Guy, yeah. caregivers, uh, nurses and, and you know, everything yeah. like that. It's, it's incredibly challenging. And so the idea of learning something new, a new platform, adopting a new technology, uh, you know, the first reaction is like, I don't need this in my life. I'm too busy. Yeah, yeah, But we went in and worked, credit to, to my team on this, they went in, we worked closely together with the caregivers and the lifestyle coordinators. And we've now seen a shift where caregivers actually will pick up the tablet and use this themselves because it's way more efficient and yeah. it's way more fun. I, 
I would say in the yeah, the two th I would have said the two things exactly. One is they find out they actually have more time because things go faster. More people are more yeah. cooperative, right? Like you said, yeah. I mean it's combat it's it's combative is a tough word. I mean, but it's probably reality. It's an Alzheimer patient, right? And they're not, and you've got to get them to do something they probably have no interest in doing. Um, fun. Yeah, I mean, just you know, imagine me. I'm six foot one, ish. I'm not good with feet, but I think that's the, yeah. the conversion. Uh, if if I were an elderly gentleman and I'm agitated for whatever reason, and somebody half my size is trying to get me dressed or in a shower and I don't feel like it. That's a very challenging moment, right? Jeez, man, that's no fun. But you got to, so, but you put on some good music that I like, that's got me and it makes me feel good or takes me to a place. Yeah. The, the biggest thing we, we saw is, is simply. So the way this works with, with dementia, just uh, to understand the science okay. there, research has found that the, the area responsible for long-term memory in our brain is the last to be impacted by this disease. Okay. Other areas of the brain are slowly shutting down. And yes. um, as the disease uh, progresses, things like uh, even chewing at one point becomes difficult, right? Because wow. the part of the brain is shutting down. Now, what they found is, when they stimulate that area of the brain, long-term memory, it acts as a prompt to then activate the other areas of the brain that are not functioning as well. And the best way to stimulate long-term memory is music. Yes. And, yeah. you know, whenever anyone asks me like, well, what does that mean? Everyone can think of a moment where they've heard a song and they go, oh, that reminds me of. Absolutely. Yeah. So -so. I, I immediately went to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's what's happening here, but it's so much more powerful because parts of the brain are lighting up that are otherwise not functioning as well. And then all of a sudden this person can remember where they are or who they are or who you are. So now it's not a stranger going, Hey, Nick, uh, you know, I'm taking yeah. you to the shower. It's like, Oh yeah, I know who you are. We did this yesterday. I feel safe. Okay. We're good. You know, and it's as simple as that, but, the fact that that is prompted by music for a lot of people feels very mysterious, but it's actually incredibly logical. Is it, I was that's exactly I was going to say it's pretty logical, right? You you remember, yeah. And when you explain it like that, yeah, everybody has a what's your first dance song, your first kiss, um, exactly. You know those songs take you places. First road trip in the back of the car with the parents. Oh first, yeah, yeah. You know, there's so many memories, and it's interesting because the reason this happens as well. When we're babies, our brain is a sponge. It's, it's growing, growing, growing. And then in our teenage years, it's uh, forming, as in it's having a lot of first-time experiences that are imprinted on our brain that stay with us forever. But in our early 20s, and this it's different with every person, that's when the brain starts discarding neurons yes. because it's trying to optimize, Yeah. right? And again, not a neuroscientist, there's lots of stuff on that online. This is my nutshell. Yes. Um, above Music the line summary. Musicologist uh, analysis. Yeah. It's so our brain is optimizing from our early twenties onwards. So it's, it's a very different path. So those moments that are imprinted on us in our early years stay with us forever, but we often just forget about them. 
And so we need prompts and we can get that from smell as well and, and yeah. visuals. Yeah. But music is just by far the most powerful one because it's subconscious, because it's in our limbic system. It's just really cool stuff. Well, if you took, if you played some Lawrence Welk, I don't know if you know who Lawrence Welk is, but if you, it was a uh, Sunday kind of a band show, you know, 40s or 50s kind of a band show stuff. And, and they played that all the way into the 70s on, on US TV on Sundays. And they had bubbles and they danced cute and they were, you know, bunch of old people playing playing live music live instruments though like uh, it's just just cute but if you played that i'd be transported to my living room on sunday with mom and dad even the thought of it transports you back that's that's I, that's crazy I, right and that's not even the music literally if you put the music on i'd probably have chills um i i could feel the couch i can see my dad's pants the bottom of his shoes i could probably smell the room if i think about it hard enough yeah, absolutely. Those my those are my imprinting years, Nick. It's been a f fascinating conversation. Um, I learned. I I feel kind of I feel kind of guilty. I I've just was realizing as you were talking, I'm like, man, I have met so many amazing people on this podcast already, uh, and the stuff people are doing in the mental health space. It's really fascinating and encouraging. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's necessary. We all have our own journey with this, right? I, mm -hmm. I certainly have my own journey with this. I I realized from a very young age that I used music as my own therapy. It allowed me to deal with my emotions. But I've seen other family members struggle with mental health issues my whole life. And it's uh, it's been frustrating when I didn't understand it because I would always be like, oh, just snap out of it. You know, this is annoying because of lack of understanding but when i did understand it it changed my view on this and i thought wow there's so many people that have different nuanced issues with the brain wouldn't it be great if we were more open about what those issues are and how we can potentially resolve them hmm. i mean what we're doing is a drop in the water of you know all the amazing stuff that's going on but it's i'd like to think that's this is our contribution and you know music is just a lot of fun as well so let's let's change it from a very serious topic to perhaps something a little bit more joyful and less yes. serious yeah to make people feel a little bit more empowered about the whole situation rather than negative that's how we look at it i love it and the joy i mean the absolute joy that music brings right well speaking of some music <laughs> Thanks so much again. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for supporting what we're what we're doing here. Great guests like Nick uh, are are everywhere out there, and we're just finding them left and right. So don't don't miss an episode. Make sure you're tuned in. You get the bell turned on on the on the audio podcast. And uh, again, Nick, thanks so much. I'll see you on the other side. Thank you. Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change.